You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 127. Today we're talking about Jesus and leadership development. Uh, It's easy to make the case that Jesus was the greatest leader in history. I mean, when you consider the fact that his own ministry uh, only lasted three years, and then he took 12 men, one of them ended up betraying him, the other 11, and then those that they uh, added to their number, um, he, he, he invested in those guys for, for three years or so, and then they were the ones that ended up changing the world. And, and, and really, when you think about it, you know, within, you know, just, uh, you know, a couple hundred years of Jesus's life, um, you know, Christianity was sweeping all over the world, really within the first 30 years um, of Jesus leaving the earth, Christianity was sweeping through the Roman Empire and starting to make a, a real impact. So I want to read two passages of Scripture and uh, just to kind of set the stage for what we're going to talk about. And then we're going to talk about Jesus and, uh, and his disciples. So uh, this is from uh, Mark 1, and it says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shores of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew fishing with a net, for they were commercial fishermen. Jesus called out to them, Come be my disciples, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and went with him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat mending their nets. He called them to, and immediately they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and went with him. As Jesus was going down the road, and this is from Mark 2, As Jesus was going down the road, he saw Matthew sitting at his tax collection booth. Come be my disciple, Jesus said to him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now, those are just a a total of five um, of Jesus' disciples. Um, If you read the first chapter of John, you see him calling Philip and Nathaniel. But we know eventually he he chose 12 men, and, and they were his disciples. But you know, Jesus was considered a rabbi. In fact, that's one of the terms that's used for him in the Gospels. And, you know, rabbis had followers. They, they had followers that uh, they taught, that they imparted their teaching to. And uh, Jesus wasn't the only Jewish teacher in the land. He wasn't the only rabbi. There were many other rabbis who had followers, who had disciples. But, you know, there may be some written record of them, but these guys didn't change the world. Um, it was Jesus and his disciples who ended up changing the world. Um, and there are some very uh, interesting differences in the way that Jesus did things um, in regards to, to the way the other rabbis did things. And as leaders, I want to just take a look at this and see what we may be able to learn 
from from Jesus and the way that he invested in his disciples. Um, traditionally, in, in the Jewish faith, the student picked his own rabbi. Um, he would shop around until he found a teacher that he felt comfortable with, till he found a teacher who, um, you know, kind of taught in a way that he could understand, who maybe spoke his language, who, um, you know, whatever. There was the, 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 he found somebody that he would be comfortable learning from. And then he would approach that rabbi and ask if he could, you know, become one of his students. Jesus did it differently, though. He went out and handpicked his followers. They didn't pick him. There is no account in the New Testament of, of any of Jesus' disciples who came and picked him to be their rabbi. Jesus went after them and handpicked them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really fascinating when you kind of dig into the Gospels that the kind of people that Jesus chose to be his followers. I mean, he could have gone to the temple and picked some bright uh, young religious students, some, uh, you know, some of the brightest minds in the country. He could have gone after them. But instead, he chose people out of different segments of society. Uh, fishermen, we just talked about the four fishermen. Uh, tax collector, um, we know at least one of his followers was a revolutionary, Simon the Zealot. Uh, maybe some of the other guys were farmers or business people. We don't really know. But, uh, but you know, we, we know that at least from those, that's a pretty broad section of uh, society. Now, what's a leadership principle that we can draw from that? Well, here's, here's what I think it is for this first one that we're talking about. Um, as a leader, we are always on the lookout for people that have leadership potential. And that's what Jesus did. He saw leadership potential in all of these men. And this will often mean, for us, this will often mean giving untried people a chance and giving responsibility to people to see how they handle it. I mean, think about it. These were people who, who weren't trained uh, pastors or leaders or, or rabbis themselves. These were fishermen and, and, and a tax collector. And, and you know, this is just not... Uh, what you would expect the rabbi to pick. So he took untried people and gave them a chance, and they ended up doing something incredible. So for us, let's not be afraid to give untried people a chance if we see potential in them. So number number one is the student picked his rabbi. Jesus, on the other hand, went and picked his followers. Number two, traditionally it was the law the Torah, that stood at the, the center of the relationship between the rabbi and his disciples. In other words, traditional rabbis made a, made a big point. That was the whole reason that they had disciples, followers, so that they could teach them the law. Jesus, on the other hand, made it clear to his disciples that he was at the center of the relationship. Instead of just teaching them the law, Jesus taught them about the kingdom of God. Uh, the law is important. The kingdom of God is much more important. And Jesus even reduced the law down to its most basic components. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So, so this is a very interesting thing. The fact that you know, other rabbis were focused on teaching all the, the, the requirements and nuances of the law. And Jesus was much more concerned in revealing himself and the kingdom of God to his disciples. So what leadership principle can we draw here? Well, first of all, it's this. 
the, the, main, the main thing is this. We bring the kingdom of God into every situation of our lives. As leaders, we bring the kingdom of God to the people that we lead, to the church we pastor, our jobs, our neighborhoods. God's will is that his kingdom be established on earth as it is in heaven. not go away. We'll be right back. We've still got several other uh, principles we want to talk about, but I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots takes 12 of the uh, lesser-known people in the New Testament, and we dig in behind the scenes to see what we can find out about them. You know, every story Every picture contains a story. Well, in the New Testament, some of these guys, we don't have a whole lot of information about them, even some of the disciples. And so we kind of dig in and see what we can find. And I think you're going to love this book. It's, uh, it's helpful. You can use it in your own personal Bible study, or you can use it in a group study. Um, with 12 chapters, you could take one each week, and you've got a 12-week study. So check it out, New Testament Snapshots. There'll be a link in the show notes. Welcome back. We, uh, we're talking about Jesus and leadership development. We've talked about how traditionally it was the, the, the student who picked the rabbi and uh, how Jesus turned that on its head by picking his disciples. Number two, it was the law that stood at the relationship of a rabbi and his disciples. Yet with Jesus, he made it clear that he was at the center of the relationship. And then number three, Traditionally, the relationship between the rabbi and his followers was that of a, a master-student type. They were expected to, to, to really serve their master. There was a clear delineation of power. And, you know, obviously we serve. If you're a Christian, you consider yourself a servant of Jesus. But if you look at the relationship that he had with his disciples, he called them friends. And, you know, this unique relationship was, was really it affected how the disciples learned. Um, traditionally, the rabbis taught their followers in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a more normal way, lecture, memorization, study. But Jesus' disciples learned by watching him. They followed his example. And then even later on in the book of Acts, you see them performing miracles and doing things just like they had seen Jesus do them. And the leadership principle here, here is this. People learn how to live and they learn how to be successful by watching us. In the arena of service, in the church, or in a business setting, or wherever you're at, people learn more by watching you than they do by you telling them. So let's make sure we're living what we talk. Number four, rabbinical schools eventually evolved into exclusive groups of disciples. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, these, these religious leaders and their disciples loved to flaunt their knowledge and let everybody know how smart they were and how holy they were and how religious they were. And they used their positions to gain prestige and power over others. Jesus, however, called his followers to be servants. He called them to endure persecution and to be the salt and light of the world. 
Learning how to serve is a prerequisite for a true kingdom leader. And if you want to be successful in life, learn how to serve. You know, it's unlikely that any other rabbi on the planet or even throughout history would have thought of washing his disciples' feet. Jesus turned social norms and religious norms upside down by kneeling on the floor and taking the form of a servant and washing his followers' feet. And the leadership principle here is this. The higher up in leadership we go, the higher we climb on the leadership ladder, we only increase the amount that we're required to serve. Do you want to be a leader? Develop a servant's heart. Leadership flows out of service. And then number five, the call of Jesus' disciples went beyond, far beyond, what any of the other rabbis would have expected of their disciples. I mean, Jesus made it clear that at some point, the disciples could expect to lose their lives in the service of Jesus. And traditionally, we were told that all of them did, with the exception of John. Of course, Judas committed suicide, but 10 of the 12 disciples um, are, are known to have been uh, executed or put to death for their faith. John, John the Apostle was the only one who, who supposedly died of natural causes. Jesus said, if anyone would follow me, he needs to take up his cross and follow me. Well, that's tough. I mean, that's, that's a tough thing. That's a tough call. No other rabbi would have taught this way. The cost of following Jesus was very, very great. But, of course, as Christians, we also know that the reward for following Jesus is much, much, much greater than the cost. Now, what's the leadership principle here? Well, obviously, we're not going to call people to die. In a sense, I guess we do. If we're really being true to our Christian faith. But at the same time, let's not be afraid to challenge people. If you're a leader, especially a Christian leader, there are times when you are going to need to challenge people to do things, to go beyond um, where they're comfortable. Uh, it's very easy as leaders to fall into the trap of just catering to people's comfort zones. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to people's needs. But don't hesitate to challenge them. Don't hesitate to challenge them to do things they've never done before, to try things they've never tried, and to step maybe even beyond where they thought they could step. Um, I think when we do that, we're going to see so many amazing things because people are going to be able to uh, look back and say, man, you challenged me to do something. I didn't think I could do it, but you believed in me, and I was able to do it. Well, just a quick recap. We're looking at Jesus and leadership development, and we're talking about five, five principles. First of all, traditionally, it was the student who picked their rabbi, but Jesus turned that on his head, and he handpicked his disciples. Number two, traditionally it was the Torah or the law that stood at the relationship of the rabbi and his disciples. Jesus turned this on his head and he made it clear that he was at the center of the relationship. The kingdom of God was the most important thing and that was what Jesus taught his disciples. Number three, traditionally it was the, the relationship of the rabbi and his followers was that of a master-student type. Well, Jesus made it clear that yes, there is that aspect of we do serve him, but he also called us his friends and he wants us to learn 
He wants us to learn and follow um, his example. He wants us to follow his example. Number four, rabbinical schools eventually um, created groups of, of elite followers of the, the rabbis. Um, but Jesus called his followers to be servants and to endure persecution and to be the salt and light of the world. And then number five, the call of Jesus to his disciples went far beyond what any other rabbi would expect. Jesus told his disciples that they could expect to even lose their lives in the service of their king. The cost of following Jesus was great, but the reward was even greater still. Well, friends, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. What do you think of these principles we've talked about today? Are they still applicable today? How can we put them into practice? I'd love to know what you think. And if you think I missed it, let me know. I'd love to hear that too if I missed something. Go to davidspell.com. Leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post and let me know what you think. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. Um, I send out three blog posts a week. And by subscribing, you won't miss a single issue. Well, thanks so much for being with me. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.